Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. I was fascinated last week that Jerry was pounding Egg McMuffins like it was his job and dosing them with salt because he didn't care because he's 80. How about that? What better, shrimp cocktail or Egg McMuffin? Don't waste our time. It's Egg McMuffin all day. And don't get me started about those puny little cocktail rings that you buy. They're disgusting. Egg McMuffin's good anywhere. That's right. It's the Rod Peterson Show. It absolutely is. Happy uh, Tuesday, everybody. Welcome to the RP Show. Coming to you live from Del Boca Vista, Florida, where it's a little uh, breezy today and a little damp. Uh, we're ready. It's my last show before Christmas, then uh, getting out of here for a couple of days. So I'm feeling not scrappy or punchy, but very generous. And I'm excited to bring in a lot of the uh, viewers over the next two hours here of your favorite daytime sports talk show on Game Plus Television and, of course, YouTube. Let's bring in from the NHL's Bermuda Triangle, the co-host and president and CEO of this whole outfit, Darren Moose uh, DuPont. How are you doing today, Moose? Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday. Yeah, I'm doing great. Doing great. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I just want to say to the boys in the back, the guys flying the Millennium Falcon, this is probably a me problem. I'm sure that it is. But I'm trying to log in on YouTube and it keeps saying, waiting for the Rod Peterson show. Waiting for the Rod Peterson show. And uh, I can't get in. It, it does, it's not showing up live on YouTube. So it's probably just a me problem. Guys, tell me what I'm doing wrong. Ah, and uh, Jordan... Oh, they just said uh, it's a glitch on their end, not ours. So there you go. Now you know the rest of the story. Ready to talk sports? Moose, why don't you tell the folks where you're at, by the way, if you don't mind? Yeah. What did you, you thought courtroom? Uh, classroom. It's a classroom. I thought you were in a courtroom. Yeah. It looks like an episode of <laughs> American Justice. <laughs> I know. It looked like a, sci- or a science teacher. I'm actually back home in Winyard. This is cool. And the school reached out. So I'm actually in the Winyard campus at high school. I haven't been in this building in like 15 years, 10 to 15 years. So I had the whole tour and we're doing it from the computer lab today. The next two days um, after this, Wednesday and Thursday, I'll be in the school too. So probably in the gym by then, but this is their last day of classes. So I found an empty classroom. Oh, awesome. Merry Christmas to those kids. When I left my school, my high school in my small town, I didn't want to ever go back. And I think I gave it a double, uh, you know what? Not, nothing against the teachers, nothing against the school, but I didn't like <laughs> school. And that's why I uh, went on to be a best-selling author and have a, you know, a few plaudits in this perilous trade. But school wasn't really for me. So um, it's cool that you wanted to go back to your hometown and, and do a show from the school. I've never even thought of doing that. So um, yeah, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas where you're from. And yeah, now that you say that it doesn't look as much like a courtroom, more like a classroom. But yeah. Hey, coming okay. up on the program today, if if he's still available, Frank Saravelli from Face Off Daily, the hockey show. He's breaking stories left and right. We do have breaking news. If we had the bell, we'd break it. Frank Saravelli reporting this morning that the NHL players and NHLPA have voted to not go to the Beijing games. So coming up in about 40 minutes time, Frank will be joining us to talk about his scoop. Man, he's got more scoops than Ben and Jerry. And uh, we can jump into that. See, that's why I don't plan too much for this show, Moose, as to what we're going to talk about because breaking news happens all the time. And I think we said uh, since Monday, which seems so long ago, 
that if the NHL players don't go, uh, go, it's for me, it's a, oh, well, we'll watch it anyways. But that's my take on that. And then in hour two, Jeff Reinbold, the special teams coordinator of the Hamilton Tiger Cats will be joining us. Can we jump into the direct or the direct, direct West? Director Jordan, can we jump into the quick six show topics, please, if you don't mind? Part of the problem here is I got both earphones in and it's blowing me out again, Moose, which is fine. You see, I'm back here in Del Boca Vista, not at the beach house. So we've got strong like bull internet and uh, the sound's coming through like crazy. And by the way, as my dad said, for whatever reason, this is reminding me, my dad always said, learning ain't all in the books. You know what I mean? Isn't that so, true? Except he's around okay here. that I didn't it's, really it's like. The greatest educational facility right. of all time. He was okay that I didn't care for school that much. Anyways, so it just seems like so last night, Joe Pavelski and Essa Lindell scored on the first two Dallas shots on goal on the night, and the Stars never trailed in defeating the Minnesota Wild 7-4 in the NHL's only game. Joe Pavelski put in a backhand 131 into the game. Lindell scored shorthanded and unassisted with a shot between Cam Talbot's legs, 153 later. I don't know if you saw the highlights or not, but of course, Talbot got lifted and the Stars fans were chanting, we want Talbot. I don't know if you saw that at all, but it was kind of funny. Stars season high, seven goals came from seven different players as Dallas improved to 11-1 and in their last 12 home games. And I got up this morning, had a notification on my phone that the NHL had completely suspended all play until after the Christmas break. And then I'm like, no, 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 no. There are two games tonight. Washington's at Philadelphia. The LA Kings, uh, sorry, the Tampa Bay Lightning are at the Vegas Golden Knights. So I'm going to roll that over into point two here. The Golden Knights are being criticized for this. They sent out a statement yesterday, and it reads, Monday, the NHL announced that due to COVID and player safety protocols, the Vegas Golden Knights home game this Thursday versus the LA Kings has been postponed. A makeup date has yet to be announced. In all caps, please note that Tuesday night's game against the Tampa Bay Lightning is set to take place as scheduled. Into lowercase, we apologize for any inconvenience, but our number one priority is the health and safety of our fans and players. When I say the Golden Knights are being criticized, I read this on their Instagram, and like an idiot, I went into the comments, which I shouldn't have done, but I was just feeling frisky, and I did. And some of the comments that came in from the I don't even know if they're their own fans or not, but one guy said, Tuesday's game isn't a threat, but Thursday's is. And then, you know what I mean? That's why I went in. For the, the hilarity ensued from, what's the difference between Thursday's game and Tuesday's game? So my point is, there's two NHL games tonight. I just said there's two NFL games tonight, the Seahawks and the Rams, the Washington football team and the Eagles. And the question I'm putting to the viewers is, should, and it's our daily poll question for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center, should the NHL and NFL be playing amid the pandemic in the current COVID environment? Now, the last I looked on Twitter, 80% saying, yes, they should. Over 80% on Twitter. I haven't seen the YouTube numbers. Clark tracks that. And we just posted it. So it's a little early to get any kind of a sample size on that. Oh, 50, 55% saying yes, Moose, which means... Milestone math, 45% say no, they shouldn't. And my take on this is, who's the 45%? Who would possibly say they shouldn't be playing 21 months into this, but to each their own? I voted yes, they should be playing. Enough of this. They're not sick. And 
I've been doing all the talking here for the opening uh, seven minutes of the warm-up, so why don't you take over? What do you think about what I, all of what I've just said? No, I, I agree. Like, I think that they should play. I don't think that they, you know, shouldn't. Now, it's a hypocritical statement because there's, like you said, right? Thursday's a threat, but Tuesday's not a threat, right? How does that make sense in terms of are you going to play games? But there's going to be two games in the NHL tonight, two games in the National Football League, but Thursday's games are going to be postponed, so it doesn't make sense. Here's the only sense I make of it is that, you know, from a threat point of view and spreading a virus and doing different things, I would assume that when this came down, these teams, Philly and, and Tampa, I think those are the two road teams, have already, made, have already traveled, right? That's already done. So they're already in those cities. So if they're in the cities, the threat of traveling and spreading city to city, not an issue, right? They're going to do all the same things. They'll maybe make sure the fans and players have less interaction, but that's already been the case. Uh, when it comes to Thursday, those teams haven't traveled into new cities yet, so we're going to limit that travel, limit all of that. So that's the difference between Tuesday and Thursday for me. And when it comes to the NFL, the NFL is not shutting down, I don't think, and I don't, I don't expect the NFL. Well, they're moving to pause games. Any games. Yeah, yeah, moving yeah, they're games, moving games because they're not the shutting down games. Yeah. But they won't shut down, so they're going to continue to go ahead. So I vote yes. Washington and Tampa are the road teams, as a matter of fact. But here's the thing with people that are upset or players and coaches, too. The leagues don't want to do this, okay? Because here's the thing. If you're not playing, nobody gets paid. You and I aren't on the air. Nobody gets paid. We don't want to be shut down, so don't be upset at the leagues. Nobody wants this. It is what it is. I'm going to move on to Monday Night Football. Hey, podcast listeners, sorry to interrupt your podcast. It's Moose here wanting to tell you about another podcast, the Knuckleheads podcast. Our friends over there, they bring on some of the best NBA players, past and present, to have totally unguarded conversations about sports, culture, and basketball nostalgia. It's hosted by former NBA players Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. It's called the Knuckleheads podcast. It's their seventh season doing the podcast, and already this season, they've had Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, Sue Bird, and DeMar DeRozan, the former Toronto Raptor. Yes, NBA veterans, Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. They're lifelong friends and bona fide truth tellers. So listen in to the Knuckleheads podcast as they invite on special guests, high-profiled athletes, musicians, and entertainers to get brutally honest about everything from current events to unstold, untold stories from the golden era of sports and culture. It is the Knuckleheads podcast wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't really a doubleheader, but there were two games. Daniel Carlson's 48-yard field goal as time expired sent the Las Vegas Raiders to a 16-14 win on Monday night over the COVID-19-depleted Cleveland Browns in a game pushed back two days by the NFL amid an uptake of virus cases around the league. You can see I'm, I'm trying to limit the COVID talk as much as I can, but it's pretty hard when it impacts the games to this degree and the leagues. But you can see why coaches are upset they had their third-string quarterback for Cleveland last night. Baker Mayfield's like, but I'm not sick. But you keep testing positive, so you can't play. And maybe Kevin Stefanski gets fired because the Browns, Darren, had they won, they'd be in first place. They lost. They're now in last place in the AFC North. That's the difference here. And because of COVID regulations, they may miss the playoffs and Stefanski might lose his job. And then in the other game last night, Kirk Cousins threw two touchdown passes and the Minnesota Vikings beat the struggling and shorthanded Bears 17-9. The Vikings are now 7-7, seven seven, part of a tight pack of teams vying for one of the NFC's seven playoff spots. 
They were in line for their most lopsided win before Justin Fields threw a touchdown pass late to Jesper Horstead on the game's final play. The Bears officially eliminated. So before I move on to what will be a much more fun topic, and that is the NHL's most annoying fan base. And this was sent to me today, but I don't know what the survey company was. If you, I don't know where it came from. I just had the results sent to me, and that's fun. But you can see why coaches and GMs are mad. Just the Cleveland Browns are a great example. This is a game they had to have, but they didn't have their top two quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield or Case Keenum. So they play their third string guy and they lose and they might all get fired. So you can see why they would be very upset in a situation like this. Well, for sure. But on the other side, you can see also why the Raiders might be upset because they were, for the most part, okay. And they wanted the game to be played Sunday. It's like, it's their fault. They're all in the protocol here. It's not our fault. Play the game, right? So I get it both sides. Now the Raiders ended up coming away with the win, a big win. You're right. It has really hurt the Cleveland Browns. Um, but you've known the protocols of the protocols. They still had a chance in the football game down the stretch. I thought they mismanaged the final drive in the football game, you know, and gave um, Vegas too much time on the clock, you know, with a good quarterback. Derek Carr's a good quarterback. And you gave him time, and they ended up getting the, the field goal. And then the other game, you know, Minnesota, again, just can't put games and teams away. They can't. I think Kirk Cousins finished with less than 90 passing yards in the football game. Still had two touchdown passes. But I'm like, Kirk, just show me something here. This is a 7-7 seven and seven team. This is a team that likely they have a really good shot at making the playoffs in the NFC. But unless Kirk Cousins can show me an ability to put teams away and actually win convincingly, it's going to be hard to have any confidence in the Minnesota Vikings, and that's tough because we know a lot of Vikings. Uh, I saw. Did you see the interview with Kirk Cousins? I think it was on ESPN the other day. He's like, they're like, why do you never get any credit, Kirk? And he's like, well, I've never, you know, I'm better than a quarterback that's on a three and thirteen team, but I've never been on a thirteen and three team either, right? He's like, I just, right. I got to be Alex dominant. Smith. I got to win, and yeah. Alex Smith asked him the hard question. He's like, you know, where are you? You haven't had success. What do you think? Like. And he was pretty real about it. So kudos to Kurt for being, being candid. Um, to some comments, because it's fun. It's fun here. Uh, they're wondering yeah. why you're in a school. He's in his hometown school, folks, just so you know. Um, Jamie in Halifax says, I've never seen a PC like the ones behind dupes. He says, it's all iPads now. No, it's all ball bearings nowadays. <laughs> Wait, Jamie goes on TV to stay. in the corner. I'll show you later. Jeff, the Stamps fan, writes in from Calgary. Says, "I'm so old. My school had a computer, singular. He says an Apple two E. From my cousin Christine in Medicine Hat. She says, "I'm so old. There were no computers at my school." Another from Jamie in Nova Scotia, Canada. He says Rod Peterson used a Commodore PC growing up, which I did, which I did. So what? Um, David Cooper, I don't know what, from way out of left field. You see that comment from David Cooper watching on YouTube? He says, so what planet is the CFL commissioner on? First failed in parliament, then the XFL, which would destroy the Canadian game. And now the possibility of four downs. This guy needs to go. David, that was so last Friday, but thanks for checking in. Uh, Brett Thompson says, good morning from Saskatoon. I'm just 
pausing to sprinkle in a few viewer comments as we uh, move on to the NHL's most annoying fan survey. Again, I don't know where it came from. I don't care. But producer Clark has the graphic. If you don't mind throwing it up, by a large margin, the Toronto Maple Leafs are voted the most annoying fan base in the National Hockey League. And frankly, I must agree. And I'm surrounded by them. Darren Moose DuPont and producer Clark, both Leaf fans, both highly annoying. How about that? Number two, the Montreal Canadiens fans, the second most annoying in the NHL, which I would also go along with, but I'm just very happy and grateful that they've welcomed me when they went to the Stanley Cup final. They were great to us last year. I like them. They're just highly annoying. The cool thing about Montreal Canadiens fans, throw it back up, I'm not done, is they know they're annoying and they don't care. Leafs fans don't even know that they're that annoying, which makes them the most annoying. Bingo! Third, third Boston Bruins fans, and I am not around them enough to offer a judgment on that or not. Four, uh, four Edmonton Oilers fans, yes, highly I'll annoying. Take. Fifth, New York Islanders fans, just violent, outright violent. Stay away from them. Vancouver Canucks fans voted the sixth most annoying fan base. They're damaged. Leave them be. And then you got your Vancouver, you got your New York Rangers, you got us Golden Knights fans, which I don't think we're that annoying. Why would we? We've never even won a Stanley Cup in our entire existence. Us Golden Knights fans. How could you be upset at us? Then you see your Pittsburgh, your Philly, your Washington, Chicago. Don't be fooled by the Calgary Flames, okay, at the bottom of the list, because this is only like 17, 18 teams. There's like 14 other teams behind them, okay? So just on this curve, Leafs most annoying, Flames least annoying, but they're missing half the league. Okay, Darren, over to you, your take on that list. I can't. I can't say anything. Because if I say something, <clears throat> that's me being an annoying Leafs fan. And if I try and give some unbiased you know, analysis here. One of the things I would say is look at the top of the, that list. It's all the most popular teams in the league, right? So that's what you're going to get. The most popular teams are going to get voted on and the teams at the bottom are largely irrelevant, right? In terms of fan bases. But of course, Leafs are annoying. Oiler fans are annoying. They're all annoying. The Vegas thing, and I see why Vegas gets votes, is because you haven't won anything, but you think you're the best team in the league, right? So there's that. We um, are. Hello. <laughs> So it is. It's so much fun having surveys like this and seeing fan bases go back and forth with each other. I think that's highly entertaining. But it's funny. Like, yeah, all these so, other teams are just like yeah. a smidge better, and the Leafs are just like whoop, whopping. <laughs> but it's true. I don't know where the survey came from. I don't. But I agree with it. Is it the morning morning announcements, Darren? Ring. It is. It's echoing I in the room. I thought school was out. Unexpected. Uh, listen, Last to the day. viewers, to the viewers, tell us who you think the most annoying fan base is in the National Hockey League. We'd love to know. Taco Time viewer takeover is open. We're not even through all of our quick six show topics. We still have to talk World Juniors. We're going to talk about the Myrtle Beach Bowl results last night and two more bowl games today, Darren, the Potato Bowl and the Frisco Bowl. We're going to talk about those. We're late for a break. We'll be right back. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus TV Network. YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio. Round the clock we go at rodpeterson.com. Listen live. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.
RP Show continues on this Tuesday, December 22nd. Happy winter solstice, everybody. December 22nd. It is my grandpa Marion's birthday, by the way. He's not with us anymore, but he was born on the winter solstice. So we delve back into things. The RP Show coming to you from Del Boca Vista, Florida. And the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. That's where the moose is hanging his hat. Let's keep going, moose, if you don't mind. And I appreciate everybody chiming in with their comments as we go. World Juniors, Caden Gooley has been named Canada's captain for the upcoming World Junior Hockey Championship. Jake Neighbors and Cole Perfetti, Mum's Spaghetti, who won gold at this year's Men's World Championship in Riga, Latvia, will serve alongside Gooley as alternate captains. Gooley, a defenseman from Sherwood Park, Alberta, and Neighbors, a winger from Calgary, are teammates on the WHL's Edmonton Oil Kings, while Perfetti, a center from Whitby, Ontario, is in his second season with the AHL's Manitoba Moose. Canada announced its 25-player roster on December 12th, and they will open their tournament on December 26th against the Czechs in Edmonton. So there's your daily uh, World Juniors update. And again, coming up Friday, Christmas Eve, it's our annual World Juniors preview special right here. Uh, airs at noon Eastern. We'll be joined by Hockey Canada's Director of Player Personnel, Alan Miller, Hockey Canada Assistant Coach, Mike Dick, from USA Hockey Elite Prospects, Julie Robenheimer, and Flames broadcaster, Peter Labardius. Before we delve into the CFL one-year contract talk, which I think is a nice carryover from yesterday's discussion with um, Solomon Elamimian, who incidentally was the rock star of the day for Rockstar Supply Chain Solutions. I want to throw that out there. Solomon Elamimian was the rock star of the day yesterday. There you go. From the Myrtle Beach Bowl in Conway, South Carolina on Monday, Davis Brin threw for 285 yards and two touchdowns, and Tulsa closed the season with its fourth straight victory, beating Old Dominion 30-17 to at the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Somebody please remind me who was the quarterback in the CFFL who played at Old Dominion. Who was that? I'm not asking you to remember, Darren, I'm, but maybe you do. I don't remember. I remember filling into my depth charts. He played at Old Dominion. It was with the BC Lions, and I don't think it's Danny O'Brien because he played at Catawba College, but there was a BC Lions. Thomas DeMarco. Nobody would have got that. Nobody would have got that. Clark told me in my ear. Did you play Clark? It was Clark. How did you find it, Clark? How about that? Uh, so anyways, his... His alma mater lost in the Myrtle Beach Bowl 30-17 to to Tulsa. Josh Johnson had eight receptions for 129 yards, including a 23-yard reception, as the Golden Hurricane won their second straight bowl game and third in their last four appearances. And I ask you this, Moose, because it's a doubleheader today. Okay. The Potato Bowl at 3.30 p.m. Eastern features Wyoming versus Kent State, followed by the Frisco Bowl which is San Diego State versus the University of Texas, San Antonio, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Why will Canadians sit around the television and watch two college teams where they could not for a billion dollars name one player on each side? That's cool that you do, but you don't watch regular season junior hockey any other time of the year when you don't know any of the players either. You know, if you're like a Shawinigan and Drummondville game, you're not watching if you're from Vancouver. Why? No. I'll wait. Tell me. I know. At least the World Juniors know? has the Canada aspect, right? The World Juniors has the Canada aspect. When it comes to the bowl games, um, it's like, why do we watch March Madness? 
We think we're March Madness experts and we're college yeah, basketball. We don't. We don't. We don't. We don't watch it. Stop it. Yeah. You know, we don't watch college basketball all year, but we watch March Madness. I really think, you know, it's crazy. So at the, the bowl games, it's because it's the holidays and this is our time. If we watch now, we can say we're college football fans. Okay. Well, but nah, that's not the answer for me. The reason I'll watch bowl games with two teams that I have no idea who the players are, it's because the game is better than hockey. Like, how many times can you really break out of a zone? How many power play designs are there really? Whereas right. there are so many formations in football on offense and defense, particularly offense, that to me, the game's more fun to watch. Does that hold any water with you? How about that? Yeah, no, it does. Absolutely. For sure. Like, I mean, in, okay. in, in hockey, there's only so many 0-0 games or one nothing games that you can watch if you don't know who's playing or don't care. Exactly. And I don't want to say who the coach was with, with the Pats. He was an assistant coach. I'm not going to name him. But I, you know, because you've been on those bus trips, you sit around and you literally talk about everything. You talk and, well, they used yeah. to. We used to. I got on a bus trip with the Pats a few years ago. I was doing fill-in on the radio and I, and I couldn't believe that the coaches weren't talking to each other or that everybody's on their laptops or on their phone. Nobody's talking to each other. And I'm like, well, that's how things have changed from my day. We used to sit and talk and talk and not the Pats' fault. They probably just didn't want to talk to me. I'm just saying nobody was talking. But we were, back in the day, this guy's nickname was the old right winger. He nicknamed himself the old right winger. And then we nicknamed him the old hot winger off of that because one night he ordered hot wings for a post-game meal and half the team got sick because it was a bad batch. So from that point on, he became the old hot winger. But anyways, we're, we're visiting on the bus. And he goes, why do you watch basketball? Why do you even watch basketball highlights? How many different ways is there for a ball to go through a hoop? And I thought, man, it must be brutal to be so cynical. And, but I, it, never, it never left me. <laughs> right? So I'm like, he's it. right. Yeah, I get it. I, told, I, can, I can't I unhear it. it. The yeah. old hot winger. And anyways, my point is, with hockey, I love it. But I have a tough time watching. I have a tough time watching games that aren't regional. You know what I mean? Whereas I think that's why we can yeah. watch the bowl games if we're fans of the game. Because it doesn't matter what the names are across the back. It's an interesting game to watch. Uh, Jim Wagner that's right. writes in on the 902 number, 902-518-3033. He says, I love the topic of the most annoying NHL fans. This is the stuff that has us tuned in every day. Thanks, crew. I agree. That's why we do what we do. Randy from the Peg writes in and he says, Good morning, Rod and Moose. Just wishing you a merry taco Christmas and happy Mexi Fry New Year. How about that? How about that? He says, looking forward to the juniors tournament. Don't forget Jordan, Clark, Ryan, Paul, Rolf. Yes, we have a guy on the staff named Rolf. Don't forget all those guys. 
I think Randy in Winnipeg is the leader of the pack for the week for Taco Time uh, comment of the week. Wishing you a Merry Taco Christmas and Happy Maxi Fry New Year. Like literally Taco Time should take that and put it in their advertising and their social media posts. What do you think? <laughs> I know. I know, right? This clip should be in their social media, 100%. I'm waiting for somebody well, they, to give no, me no, something no, that. really fun. Well, I think they should take... No credit needs to be given. I just think they should put it on their... Merry Taco Christmas. Happy Mexi Fry New Year. They don't need to give any credit to anybody. Yeah. Right. Right. Randy. That should be their slogan. You're in the lead. You're in the lead, Randy. Jamie writing from Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, watching an R on uh, Game Plus. Hey, RP. Happy World Junior Season. It's unfortunate one player from the Guelph Griffins in OUA hockey has left mid-semester for semi-pro hockey. What's unfortunate about that? Uh, he goes on to say, I see a domino effect happening during the Christmas break, and when U-Sport does return, many will have followed the Griffin leading scorer. Uh, well, OUA hockey's been shut down. I was just told this morning that Canada West has a meeting tomorrow to decide this is for hockey if they're going to be shut down. So, hey, the guy's doing what's best for him. What have we learned in COVID? Welcome to COVID. Hashtag every man for himself. What are we surprised yes. by this? Anyways, Jamie goes on to say Merry Christmas to the whole gang at the RP show and at the squad cast. Have a wonderful week before Santa comes. Uh, again, welcome to COVID. Hashtag every man for himself. That has not changed. In the time that we have left, as we've gone through the bowl talk here, uh, the CFL one-year contract thing, and we got to spend a minute on that. Uh, Solomon Elamimian on here yesterday, the Players Association president saying that, hey, we get that one-year contracts aren't good for the CFL, but it's what the players want. And three, four-year contracts are really only one-year contracts anyways because they're not guaranteed nor honored by the teams. So I don't want to be that guy, but here's my soliloquy on that. While they want to hold hands and come out of the boardroom, the owners and the players, and say, we're all together, we love each other, and we're going to play, they don't trust each other. They don't trust each other one bit at all. And Saul basically said that yesterday. He says, we need more of a commitment from the teams before we go into signing multi-year contracts. That's not going to happen. So I say, God bless them and good luck getting a new CBA done and uh, let's play ball. But they, I'm not going to say they don't like each other, but I will say they don't trust each other. And this is the number one topic I see coming out of the CFL this offseason is, this is terrible. 380 free agents, one-year contracts ruining the CFL. Nobody's willing to do anything to change it. So if you're going to buy a jersey, buy retro. I've long said that. My, I have a Jeff Fairholm jersey, Rough Riders. You see a lot of Lancaster, Reeds, Jerson, Durant, Austin, Joseph, blah, blah, blah. This is why. Because you can't buy your favorite team's jersey. Over to you. You're right. You're right. And I know the commissioner works for the owners, but the commissioner's looking at, okay, what's best for the game? But the owners are looking at what's best for the owners. The players are looking at what's best for the players. So when the players and owners are negotiating, they're not really looking at what's best for the game. They're looking at what's best for them, as they should. But how do you get to a point where we can have longer-term deals? And it comes down to I think a little bit of the owners and the, and the general managers um, having more value in veteran players. You know, right now they think that they're, it's easy to, you know, to, to swap them out for rookies who can produce close to the same you know, value on the field in terms of production. So it's easier to go cheaper and younger every year. And we don't want to commit to somebody 
who might be older or who might not be as good next year because we see a change in player performance from year to year. But the players want to get paid and they want guaranteed bonuses and they want a little bit more upfront honesty. But these are all like, you know, very romantic things. I don't think, I don't think it's going to be an easy negotiation. I don't think it's going to be solved anytime soon. No, but I'm just, it's, it is what it is. Why can't we just say it? But they don't want to say it. So, yes, Moose, we'll see you back here for hour two. Sounds good. Folks, addiction, it destroys relationships, families, and lives. But the good news is addiction is a treatable illness. At Aurora Recovery Center, we provide everything you need to build a solid foundation for your recovery with holistic, evidence-based treatment tailored to each individual. Located in Gimli, Manitoba, on the shores of Lake Winnipeg, Aurora can help regardless of whether or not you feel ready or have tried before. Aurora Recovery Center, recovery for life. Go to aurorarecoverycenter.com. Frank Zaravelli joins us next. We've been wanting him for a long time, and we finally got him. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus television network across all 10 provinces and 31 states, including this beautiful state of Florida on TDS Cable, YouTube Live daily, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Christmas Eve, it's our World Junior Preview Special, Noon Eastern, joined by members of Hockey Canada, plus Peter Labardius and Elite Prospects Julie Robenheimer. Noon to 2 Eastern on Game Plus and YouTube Live. All right, we're working on getting Frank Cervelli. It's a connection thing, but we'll have him shortly. We have some news to pass along, and it's ominous. It's not good. Out of Montreal, here's the news release. The Quebec Major Junior Hockey League has paused all activities until January the 7th. The league says the pause is necessary because of surging COVID-19 infection rates in Eastern Canada. Players will report back to their clubs on January 3rd. Who wants to start the timer on when the OHL and the dub follow suit? Again, just announced within the last hour, the Quebec Major Junior League has paused all activities until January 7th due to COVID. By the way, the poll question today for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center, why don't we drop that right now? Should the NHL and NFL each be playing two games tonight on this Tuesday? Last I saw on Twitter, and I should have checked this in the break, but the last I saw on Twitter, 80% of you saying, yes, yes, they should be playing. On YouTube, it was 55%. And it's, oh, here we go. Uh, 89, it's up 89% on Twitter saying, yes, they should play. Enough's enough. Western Hockey League has announced that Moose Jaw Warriors forward Ryder Korzak has been named the WHL Player of the Week. In three games, the New York Rangers prospect and Yorkton Sask product recorded seven points, registering three or more in two of his, his three appearances. He had uh, three points against the Regina Pats on the weekend in one game. Red Deer Rebels goalie Connor Unger has been named WHL Goalie of the Week. He posted a 3-0 shutout, .99 GAA. 966 save percentage and one shutty this past week, helping the Rebels enter the holiday break at 29 1 and 1. What a change under the Red Deer uh, Rebels 
with a new coach, huh? Connor Unger, goalie of the week. Meanwhile, here's some news that um, I saw resonated nationally. The Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League is pleased to announce the return of the SJHL draft. The 2022 SJHL draft will be conducted in an unconventional and unprecedented manner, the league said in a news release. On June 1st, the SJHL draft will consist of six rounds of 2006-born players, followed by two rounds of players born in 2007. The SJHL teams are excited about the upcoming draft, and their scouting staffs are working as hard as ever in preparing for June 1st. More details will be released as we get closer to the date. What could it be? I wonder almost how they could, given where we sit here today, in an hour-by-hour hour scenario in which we live, could they say that it's going to be unprecedented and unconventional? I, they'll pull it off, I'm sure. I'm just wondering what they mean by that. Fred Van, Vle uh, Fred Van Vliet and Malachi Flynn have been added to the NBA's COVID-19 protocols by the Toronto Raptors. There are now five Raptors in league protocols. Gary Trent Jr. was added to Toronto's list Monday, joining Spicy P and Delano Banton. Toronto was set to host Orlando Monday night, but that game was postponed due to a COVID-19 outbreak on the Magic. Raptors players were limited to individual training sessions on Monday with one player working with one coach at a time. How about that? Toronto scheduled to play in Chicago on Wednesday night. This sports update brought to you by Ballers Rec Room. Check out our brand new line of games. Also for the Tap, Brewhouse and drive through Liquor Store. And for Red Bull Canada, Red Bull gives you wings. So we're going to take a timeout. And when we come back, we are hoping to have Frank Cervelli. I see Sean McCormick, who's flying the ship. Uh, in Toronto on the Game Plus headquarters in the control room says the Flyers and Capitals just got postponed for tonight. So I just dropped my pen, but I will be stroking off that game. There's one tonight, Tampa Bay at Vegas, and let's see if that holds. Frank Saravelli has the latest. He broke the news this morning that the NHL will not be sending its players to the Olympics. We'll talk about that and more when we return. You're watching the RMP show on Game Plus TV, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Beautiful South Florida is where the RP Show comes to you from on this Tuesday. Happy winter solstice to you. It is daytime sports talk. We do have breaking news from the Canadian Football League, by the way. TSN's Farhan Lalji reporting that the Edmonton Elks are poised to name Chris Jones as their next head coach and general manager. So plenty to delve into coming back in hour two. But we're talking hockey now with the Daily Faceoffs. Frank Saravelli, the president of the, the Pro Hockey Writers Association. Frank, appreciate the time, man. Always good to see you and hear from you. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, you broke the story this morning. The NHL and the Players Association have mutually agreed not to send the players to Beijing. What's the reaction been like to that story? Well, I think the reaction from players is one of disappointment. I mean, you think back to the last best-on-best best tournament that's been played for NHL players. It's the 2016 World Cup of Hockey, and 
back then we had Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid playing for Team North America. They haven't yet had a chance to really represent their country in a true best-on-best tournament among NHL players. And that's a shame for all of us. Uh, So there was definitely some disappointment. The players have uh, been resigned to this fact, watching these things unfold over the last week, Rod. And now it's just a matter of time until we hear the official announcement that comes after the NHL and the PA jointly notify the IOC that they have plans to pull out from participating in the Olympics this year. So certainly disappointing news for all involved, uh, perhaps maybe even in some ways, except for the NHL, they had made it clear what they wanted to see from this season. They did not want to send players to the Olympics. I don't think this is a moment though, where the NHL is dancing around saying, ha, we told you so, or uh, we're glad that you're not going. I think they understand the disappointment from the player side as well. Well, Frank, I don't know that it ever gets reported what the actual vote was unless you know, but I'm just wondering if you could take us a little deeper into what went behind it because you had Connor McDavid calling it unsettling, the idea of going, saying that last week, but then you got Steven Stamkos saying he wanted to go. How much of a split was there amongst the players on this issue? There actually was no formal vote here. Um, In this case, the NHLPA is working with the league and You know, they have certain parameters that they had to live with in their agreement with the NHL going back to the collective bargaining agreement. And the agreement always was the NHL is willing to send its players to the Olympics so long as there's not a material disruption to the NHL schedule. We've now had uh, 50 games postponed in the NHL, including one today between the Flyers and Washington Capitals. The late game tonight between the division-leading Tampa Bay Lightning and Vegas Golden Knights, that game is also in jeopardy. The Vegas Golden Knights, Rod, are bracing for some positive tests within their group. We could see this holiday break beginning even earlier than the NHL had envisioned. And with 50 games now postponed, potentially 51 this season, including 45 or 46 in the last eight days alone, the players saw the writing on the wall here. We're talking about 5% of the season schedule or close to it that's been disrupted to this point. Those games are going to need to be made up at some point. And what you're dealing with is an NHL schedule where there's not a lot of runway. There's no extra buffer zone that's in place this year. They want to get back to a typical hockey calendar, trying to avoid going deep into the summer as they have previously. And the draft date is set, free agent date is set. They need to start next season on time, and that leaves not a lot of wiggle room for players to really be in a spot where they can say, hey, look, we think we can get the Olympics in and the full 82-game season. It needs to be 82-game season first. Olympics are a second priority. Frank, uh, apologize, uh, apologies for gushing a little bit. I'm excited to talk to you. A big fan, and uh, I mean, you're insider. You're probably the number one insider. I just, because of what you all just said, it seems like this caught the NHL off guard. Like, how chaotic is it behind the scenes right now that they didn't see this coming, this chaos that they're dealing with this week, not just with the Olympics, but all the postponed games? Honestly, I'd refer to it as controlled chaos because I think (laughs) when you look at last season and how the NHL got through it, the, the highest number of players that were ever on the COVID protocol list is something like 55. Uh, right now, we're approaching 130 players that are active on the COVID protocol list. It did certainly surprise the league as the calendar turned to December in terms of the uptick in positive cases. You're looking at a population, a player population that is fully vaccinated with the exception of one player. 
and they were not expecting to be hit with this many positive tests. But the notion that they've sort of been living day by day, uh, you know, since this pandemic started is to sort of be prepared for anything, be able to react to anything that pops up. So they certainly didn't want to be in the position to be postponing games. I'm sure teams that had to really trudge through it this season to start, like the New York Islanders missing so many players before they finally got shut down. There's lots of teams that are going to be unhappy here and say, well, how come these, this team has a game postponed? They're only missing two or three players. The NHL and the way that they test these players and the way that they break down the test results, they have a really good idea of exactly how contagious that player was, who he was spending time with, how likely it is to ripple through the team. And so they're making decisions on a case-by-case basis. And now that both sides know that they're not going to the Olympics and they're going to have a little bit of wiggle room in the schedule, not a ton because there's not a, a lot of building availability, that they have a little bit more room now to make up some of these games. And so you see this Capitals-Flyers game postponed tonight. That's just uh, another reason to do so is let's try and avoid as big a breakout as we can, an outbreak. Love the chat, Frank. You could go on all day, but because of time restrictions, I only got one more question for you or time for one more, and it's daily face-off. Tell us about it and how much you're enjoying doing it. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, tough decision to leave TSN last season, but uh, really thrilled and fortunate to be at Daily Faceoff. And, and we want to be an all-encompassing hockey digital platform. Love what you do with your show. Um, we've got a similar daily live show that's 12 noon Eastern every day on dailyfaceoff.com and YouTube. You can find it on Twitter. Uh, the viewers and people that have been coming to us, we're super appreciative and grateful. Uh, and we're looking to build that out. More shows, more podcasts, more talent, more writing, more breaking news uh, to become that all-encompassing, independent digital hockey platform. So appreciate you allowing me to plug that. And uh, looks like you are enjoying a nice warm day in South Florida. There's no doubt, Frank, and I think of watching you on the shores of Boca Raton following the NHL governor's meetings, you know the uh, you know the feeling. So, yeah, and I can see how much you're enjoying it. I can The freedom. So good for you, man. Uh, so happy for you guys. Merry Christmas, Frank, and uh, we'll see you along this NHL trail. Thanks. All the best, Rob. Take care. NHL insider Frank Saravelli joining us from Daily Faceoff with some interesting talk there so how has this day turned out we'll come back in hour two which of course is brought to you by great western original 16 beer we'll continue the taco time viewer takeover two things to get into here obviously the cfl news that the elks are going to hire chris jones as coach and gm which isn't really a surprise but we'll unpack that and also frank's revelation that there was no player vote from the nhl players association to not go to beijing and by the way frank was the one that broke that story this morning I would love to get into these comments for Taco Time Viewer Takeover. We simply just don't have time. But I will say this. Every Tuesday is Taco Tuesday. For only $2 each, do you order hard or soft shell tacos? Beef or veggie? Think about it. Then head to Taco Time. Hour two coming up after this on Game Plus. Then right here on YouTube. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com.